What if the key to a fair and just society lies in the interconnectedness of our inner and outer worlds? Welcome to Lenses of Liberation, the podcast where we unlock the secrets to a brighter future for all. I'm Rachel Snyder, and along with my co-host, Joanne Singh, we will embark on a transformative journey unraveling the vibrant tapestry of social change and weaving together diverse voices to create a world where no one is left behind. Join us as we engage with thought leaders, experts, and visionaries across a wide range of topics from diversity, equity, and inclusion to regenerative business, impact investing, healing, wellness, and so much more. Lenses of Liberation is more than a podcast. It's a movement of changemakers actively building a brighter future by reshaping the world one lens at a time. Compassion is the antidote to judgment. That's one of our core core values. It's my favorite value because it reminds me of all the stories that we create. Okay, so, so many times we rationalize violence on others and judgment and, and, and judgment, like judging others. And there, there is also this, this assumption Right, that me, the human, are in, in control of this relationship with these these beings that are sixty five million years or older than our species, right? But somehow humans are in control of the medicine community and what happens there, right? Now I've been in this experience long enough to hear things like ayahuasca tourism, or all these Westerners going down and drinking ayahuasca and how bad, how horrible it is, and all kinds of judgments. And then I remember myself. As a Shipibo trained uh, medicine person, still still learning, still, lot, lots of learning. But I remember me saying, oh, that's the way. That's the way to do ayahuasca, right? Until I sat with the kofar and I was like, oh, <laughs> there's also a way. And then I realized that all people all over the world, like, this is the way. So there's this, there, there is something that we have to be accountable for, that our species is a little arrogant. And even thinking that we understand who is really controlling this conversation it used to be like the, you know, in an ayahuasca communities, it was a shaman that would drink. Now everyone drinks. Right. And we're now we're having this conversation here. Right. Uh, when I sat in my first ceremony, it was an all white space, but the difference for me as a 54 year old black man, I didn't expect anybody to ever give a fuck. So I went to the medicine space to get my shit together. It wasn't about anything or anybody else out there. And yes, I had harm. I've had people say all kinds of stuff that was, you know, traumatizing. And then I learned to manage that myself. And every lesson I learned in the medicine space was about me learning to be the responder, not the reactor. And all the story that I create is disempowering to me. Like I also, this identity with when people are like, well, I'm a African-American man living in America, blah, blah, blah. All these titles and labels are actually tools of your colonizer. It gets you the other, and you can make any excuse for other. But at the end of the day, when we buy into that, we buy into the colonizer's favorite tool, divide and conquer, because my suffering is worse than your suffering. Here's the deal, people. that ancestors all over the world beat a drum and fired by friction. And where we are now, the tools we have now, we have to use these tools, right? And like we can be helpful part of helping usher people in to these tools. But if you think about the European, right? Before they colonized our black bodies, they went, the, the Greeks and the Romans and the Germans were burning people alive in those countries first for any, anything, if, for anything that seemed to be from the invisible world. And then they came over to us. So they've had like a whole lineage of brainwashing, right? And amnesia, right? They're kind of like the babies, right? So like have compassion for the babies, right? Give them some love and give them some guidance, but don't do it with anger. Because that's definitely not, you, when you shame people, all you're doing is shaming them to hide and, 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 and resent you and don't want to hear what you got to say. Like, if you're really flowing in the stream of consciousness, it's not about us getting angry at someone else. Like, let's get excited that they want to do this and give them some guidance on how to do this. Remember, all of us, all of us on this, pod, on this podcast are wearing clothes, right? All kinds of folks all, all over the world and who knows what happened to get the club? We got all kinds of jewels and the crew, crew, crew mentioned. So we're, we're all part of this, this narrative. I, I get it. 
I, I'm in those spaces, but I am very comfortable, right? Being in any, it doesn't matter because when I go into the spirit world as a healer, I listen, I'm dealing with all kinds of shit that, down there that, that if I, so you might, if you can't handle these humans, what are you going to do when all those spirits come, come, come at, coming at you? Right. Right. And all the trickster's energy, right. I, we got to get to this place of not excusing anyone for any behavior, right? Then that there's not about excusing, but to see it from a place of compassion, right? So that you know, for the for, for the, the reflection of myself in that other spirit of the, that spirit of that that other photon that came here and expressed itself in the material world as a human being, right? All the reflections ourselves. It we see this is the thing we want to talk about love, kind of. Right, but yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. We gotta love. We gotta bring them that light into it because they're not. Because what what's for sure is shaming and guilting is never gonna get people to come to the path of healing. It's gonna give them more suffering. So we got we gotta be do. And then if you know the way, speak your damn truth. Like, but it is true. Also, when you look at the fire, so those those are who who are practicing these ways look into the fire. Because the fire and look at your reflection. And if you're in a space and everyone looks like you and you don't recognize anyone else from a, a different perspective or way, then there's something a little off about that. Don't you think? Don't you think? And you're a medicine person. You know that you're part of the, the, the world of mentalism and you attract those things to yourself. Don't pretend, right? And maybe why is it that everyone you're attracting to you, you know, is of a certain uh, gender or a certain race. You don't think that's a little strange? Right? For you, unless you live in Norway, right? <laughs> you know, that's a little strange, right? So just just look look at yourself in the self-reflection. But yeah, I would I listen, we're we <laughs> If we if we 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 do not want to continue to participate in energy that does not serve us to collective liberation, right? Right. Getting up, it's just like when you don't get upset when the guy sticks his middle finger out the car as he's driving. You just like oh, I'm, I'm, this person is like like same thing with these these folks. There's a lot of folks who are, who are doing these medicine practices that are going to get a lump on the head, but it's going to be by spirit. Spirit is going to give them a big lump on, on the head, and we can gently we can guide them. You know, we do we do need wisdom circles. We do we do need wisdom circles out here, really like to to give a place to come. We can call people in in a gentle, respectful way, as well. Yeah, but don't let don't. And also, I'm I'm also keep it real. So I'm saying all this from this very ivory tower, big tower, because most of my ceremonies, at least fifty percent of the people there are BIPOC. So I, I'm not in this space any, any, anymore, right? Um, I don't really. I don't want to participate in ceremonies that are only one group of people. That to me, like especially people of privilege, that to me is like, hmm, something, something's off there. So, yeah, I. But I did. I hear the like. What I'm hearing is the complexity and something that Rachel and I have talked about when we started this podcast journey was like that we want to hold space for multiple truths. And what I heard you say was like both of you like owning your own shit and recognizing when there's something that you know could be harmful happening taking the responsibility having the courage to share and to guide and you know at the same time when you are in a position of leadership have, having responsibility there too and i think it's like the multiple layers it's like the swiss cheese model right you need like more layers of cheese to like <laughs> not have any holes and I think like this is where um, I think there's a gr massive growth opportunity mm -hmm. for a lot of the spaces that at least I have encountered because they focus a lot on the individual responsibility, mm. right? And so like is it is it true that, you know, yeah, there's some things that might be said that might be like my own triggers around the color of my skin or whatever – yeah, absolutely, right? But are there things that you can learn to like shift your language mm. around someone who looks like me? Yes. And yeah. so it's just like, I sometimes feel like there's a 
passing off of responsibility of like, well, that's your story. Mm -hmm. That's your story. I don't have to change anything about how I'm showing up because I'm not responsible for your emotional reaction or your trauma, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I feel that there's this multiplicity of truth that can exist in the same space. And I have like a completely different thing that came up for me as you were sharing was like the shadow that exists in activism and the shadow that exists in some of these other spaces that are, you know, working towards justice where there is a lot of anger, there is a lot of othering and there <laughs> is not necessarily very much like around personal responsibility and your own healing. And so it's like the hurt trying to free the hurt and it's just also creating more hurt. And so, I mean, I'd love for Rachel to share a bit more because she's got <laughs> way more hands-on experience in the activism space, but like, it's just, yeah. I just have to say, I, I just love you so much. <laughs> I sometimes just, this, I just love you so much. I, we get in these conversations. We've been co-living for six weeks now to create this podcast. And as you can imagine, we just get into these conversations like day in, day out, late at night. And I just, I get so often, I just, my heart starts to race and I, that feeling of heat and I'm just like so invigorated and there's so much energy and there's so much magic floating around and I just am so unbelievably deeply grateful for your presence and for, for the, the wisdom and what you speak and what is really coming through for me. Like as you're speaking, you know, how do I honor you without othering you? You know, like how do I honor you without othering you? And something that I think we feel communally is a gift in this experience is that you and I as different bodied people, right? I am a white bodied person, very deeply honored to be in a space where I get an opportunity to share this space and have this conversation, be a part of the conversation while recognizing I will never have that lived experience. I have my own lived experience. It is important to honor your lived experience. And you and I and the four of us, we get to share with the world how we can have conversations from different communities, honor each other without othering each other while still having these very real conversations around deeply important things like oppression, like appropriation, the lived experience of people in different bodies, the harm we've experienced from different communities, different cultures, share in that space together, share in these conversations together, be real about them, but having them together, right? And that is that to me is is the beauty of this experience. And I've wanted to say, you know, Joanne and I have spent a few weeks now coming into before we came into this podcast, where you know it was important to me as someone who is not a member of the BIPOC community. How do I walk into this space? What do I say? Going back and forth, and and something Joanne said to me over and over again: It's not about perfection. Get rid of the perfection. You know, I kind of, uh, it's so deeply important to me, right? It's, it's so deeply important to me mm, to honor this space and to do it right. But there is no, there's no right, you know, there's no perfection. There's only intention and there's coming into it with heart and love and that compassion and sharing the space together. And so I would just bring it back to that. Like, how do I honor you without othering you? How do we honor each other and this lived experience that we are in communally um, and move forward in community, move away from the silo, right? The silo is only hurting us, you know, and there, this is a conversation that we could go so many directions in, you know, there's not enough time in the world today or many other days to really get into all of it. You know, but the importance for me is just being in this space together and being open, being available to, to learning, being available to being in silence and listening, you know, and, and continuing that conversation, right? You know, we met in a space of 28 people and of those 28 people, 25 of them were white, you know, and coming, leaving that experience and spending six months 
you and I together as a white bodied person and a member of the BIPOC community, figuring it out for us. How do I honor you? How can we be present in this space? And, and even as, as recent as a few weeks ago, you said something to me that shook me. You said something around um, having a conversation where you said to me, my white friends forget that I am not white. And I thought to myself, holy shit, I forget because I'm privileged to not have to think about it. And that shifted my perspective of my own reality. And having that conversation with you makes me a better human being. And it makes me more of service to people that don't look like myself. So beautiful to have these reflections and necessary because, and I'm so glad that question is coming up for you and for everybody. How do I honor you without othering you? Um, I think... Because again, there's there's a Mayan saying that I was born introduced to, which is in Lakesh, and that's it's kind of like, I you are another me, I am another you, um, and I think that when we have this understanding that we are extensions of consciousness, <laughs> um, that is really like holy balancing for me. But I can have respect for you by respecting and understanding and having compassion for your experience and expecting the same in return, right? Um, I, it requires humbleness. It requires the ability to, to listen. Um, and the thing is about medicine spaces, again, like people have to know that this is a space of if and. There are no extremes. There has to be room for multiplicity to exist because this is life. It is complex and it is messy. And we cannot come into these conversations that have created generations of trauma and expect them to be clean and to be like concise. They're not. <laughs> they are not. And I think that we have to have and allow space for it to be messy for us to be authentic and to be real. And I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong, that they're trying to be polite. Racism is not polite. That shit is rude and disheartening as fuck. Like, it is awful. So, like, respect that. It has caused damage and ruined people, right? So if we can come to it with a space and a reverence for the fact that I love you and I'm trying to see you and I'm trying to understand and I'm rooted in this love for you that I have for you as a person, as another human being, um, like that has to be the anchor. It really does have to be the anchor that we're not going to abandon each other over not understanding that we will try and that we will commit to trying over and over and over again to getting it right, to being messy, to flubbing it, to not, right? We have to commit to showing up. And I know that I've lost relationships too because of, of just like projecting whatever, thinking again, all of this assuming to know the right way, like that is not, that is not the way. <laughs> so committing to being messy with each other is like really key, really key to these topics that are deeply complex and they require that you revisit them often. You can't just assume that it's a conversation that'll fix it. <laughs> but again, it requires courage to also say, I don't know what that feels like. Can you tell me? Right. It requires courage for you to speak up and be like, this was fucked up. Please. Like, I need your support. If you're an ally, like in the space, right. We have to call each other to action for one another actively, like actively. It It's, Love is an action. It's a verb. You got to do it. It has to be something that you're constantly engaged in. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, think that like love is this light, fluffy thing that you just, just happens. No, it's a commitment that you have to one another and to yourself. And so, and to something greater. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So what comes up for me is when that T-bar graph, um, about what you know and what you experience. So uh, just a couple of things. When I see you, I, I thought you were Latina. I didn't know that you were white and body, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address this. So like the construct that we live under is that there are people in the world that are called white, right? So one, one really helpful thing would be for you to just disconnect with that, that story. 
because what you are is probably a combination of Irish, Italian, Spanish, whatever. And those, those have lineages and those lineages are very, very similar to the lineages of peoples all over the world. So then you stop this other and you start becoming like a peoples, right? And then you start beating the drum. Like I beat the drum. And it's not, it's not like, oh shit. It's not like a, a sexy new thing. It's like, oh, this is, this is me. This is me. And then, and then when you get to this me, this is me, you come to this place of gentleness and respect and reverence. Like all of us did, like you're listening more, right? So seek to understand before seeking to be understood. But the cancer of the story of, of, of white supremacy and whiteness is this is idea that basically all these people homogenized themselves and got disconnected from their lineage that became this thing called whiteness. Why? Because it was beneficial. Whiteness afforded you with some type of privilege, right? Over the other people who weren't white, right? So, but, but disconnecting with that story also puts you in as a disadvantaged place, right? So part of it is like, like I would encourage people who perceive themselves to be white to, to disconnect from that, that story and like get into your lineage, right? Get into your lineage, will be, which will be, make you have a, 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 your ancestors are not just the folks who enslaved people here in America. They were, for, they were like Laplanders and Druids and Wiccans. Who, be, who were also like you know you know what I mean and you go get to that place and then we can get we can all all of us can get to this place of freedom that we're a species and we have all kinds of issues and problems but anytime we're causing suffering our behavior or act or actions are causing suffering that our job is to first to stop and listen and if it's re reasonable stop doing it so you don't necessarily have to understand me. It, it, I had a, had a friend that just has a quote uh, in dance. She's like, you know, it's about feeling it in your body, but you don't have to name it. It's okay not to name it. It exists. But the fact that you feel it, it exists, right? So you don't, nest, I don't need to understand fully what it's like to be someone who's been traumatized by the parents in some type of way or have this debilitating disease and all. I just can have like compassion for you. And then for the person who's on the other side, like maybe you should get over the need to be accepted by someone other than yourself. So what I will say for, for me as a BIPOC person, what I learned a long time ago is I don't, I am not asking you for forgiveness or to see me anymore. I'm here. Right. And I think sometimes, sometimes we talk in a way where we, 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 we hear the word marginalized community so much. We actually believe it. Right. I'm a king. And I walk on this planet and I am the elder because I've been doing this for a long mofo time. So here is here is the structure to help us get that that way. Right. We don't have to like uh, uh, for, for the BIPOC community. We don't have to apologize for our existence. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you, and, love... and your job is to sit and listen. I love yeah. what you said about like the the desire to be accepted and that's something i've shared openly with rachel and a few other people where it's not like a conscious thing that's going on in my brain but deep down inside there's this element of like wanting to fit in in these spaces and wanting to be accepted and that's you know the story of my my lineage of like over three four generations right and it was like seeing the his like my family history is such that like whiteness was superior and so the more you spoke english and the better english you spoke and all of that that created your status in society and having a certain education and so forth and you know not looking like you're from the bush <laughs> like like it's a whole thing and so it's so insidious and in in how i sometimes function that it's only like recently kind of surfaced where I'm like, yeah, like I'm part of this group, but am I part of this group because I actually want to be? Mm. Or am I part of this group? Like including friends, right? Like I've had friendship circles where I was like, you know what? We don't collect on values. I don't actually feel great when I'm hanging around you people. But like there is some element in my brain where I'm like, these are the cool white kids from like when I was in middle school, like that it's like that kind of mindset. <laughs> and even though as I'm a 36 year old woman, there's like, oh, those are the cool people. 
And I, even though I don't even necessarily want to be around them or get anything from being around them, I put myself in these situations where it's this, like, I want to get accepted. I want to get accepted. And so in my most recent experience of like providing the feedback, there was a point where I was like, why am I holding on to this? Like, why don't I just let it all go? Like, I've said what I need to say. I don't feel like I'm being heard. I don't really want to be a part of this community. And I did, like, I eventually purged my entire Instagram account. But it started with, like, unfollowing a significant number of people from the community that I was like, you know what? This is just not for me. And I don't know why I keep exposing myself to this shit. (laughs) Because it's it just, it's just, it put, like I end up in a situation where I see something and I'm mad, and then I'm like, no. <laughs> we got to go to Rachel, and Rachel and I bitch about it for 20 minutes, and then we're both dysregulated, and it's just like, it's a hot mess. So I was like, why am I doing this to myself? And so it's been such like this, like, really, um, impactful awareness that I've had. And I'm so glad you said it because I do feel I can't speak for others. But you know, like if I was a betting person, I mean, a bet that there are other people out there who are, are in a similar pattern of like, this deep desire of acceptance that is just kind of lives there. And the other thing that came out for me was like, you're so used to feeling small Mm. and like the willingness, like it's not just about speaking up, like it's about taking up space and being willing to take up space and not worry how that's going to look or feel or sound to other people around you. And, you know, like having experiences of like the first, it wasn't until like three years ago that I, like I, learned of the term codes like code switching and i was like i've been doing this my whole life i didn't know there was a term for it and like it was it was like whoa there's other people that do this too and so it's like the the amount of unconscious effort that goes into molding myself into the society that i live in has only come to my awareness in the last three years and now it's like okay like i can let that go right it's not just about finding the spaces that allow me to feel freer. It's also being willing to let that go. And I think it just comes back to that duality of like the collective responsibility and individual responsibility. And it's, it's not just a personal journey and it's not just about systems change. Mm-hmm. It's like, about. Like, yeah. Both. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really hot. This, you know, have you heard of Melodoma Somme? Oh, gosh, you have to read his book of Water and Spirit. So, Melissa May was a shaman from uh, Africa. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I, I can't remember the tribe he, w- he was from, so no disrespect to him, but incredible medicine uh, person, healer, and he, he, he died in Nashville, North Carolina, but he writes a book, Water and Spirit, and he talks about how, uh, of Water and Spirit, he was, um, as a young Boy, he was stolen from his family, his tribe, and then went to this Christian boarding school. And, you know, where they, just like the, the, the schools in America for the Native Native Americans with the Native American schools. And so he, something happened and he escaped at, at the age of 19 and, and, and walked back to his, his tribe, which was, you know, days and days of walk. And he finally got there. When he got there, he, he was surprised that he started judging all of the people, like as dirty, filthy people that lived, lived this way, and he couldn't speak the language. And th- this is one of our premier medicine men that, that you know, unfortunately just passed. You got to read this book because he went through this, this experience. It's very normal. Colonization is a motherfucker. It's very designed is to make you feel like unless you, unless you compartmentalize it this way, unless you call yourself white, you are not. You will never receive any privileges. Life is going to be hard. So we buy into the. We all of us are colonized, right? So imagine if it's challenging for you and, it, and I. Imagine how challenging it also must be for someone who looks that way and gets the direct benefits from being that. Asking them to give up that privilege, right? 
you know, this this shit is hard for this colonization. It's it's a tool that I've used, and it, it it's 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 a total mindfuck for all of us. So give yourself lots of compassion, right? Everybody on this call is speaking English. It is the language of a colonizer, right? You're in Mexico, Spanish. The language of colonizer, right? You see people that get all to, oh, I speak better, and they they, they get all of their culture and all. Yeah, you. You're celebrating the culture of someone who came over and colonized and took away all your language and traditions. Hello? Right? It's a powerful tool. It's brutal. It's violent. So give yourself lots of compassion. I've been there. I've been there. I remember I used to be a, uh, I used to work for the environmental lobby movement. I would knock on people's door and get money, you know, to, to collect for the environmental lobby movement, the citizens campaign for the environment. And I, I figured out that if I changed my tone of voice, hi, my name is Dre from uh, Citizens Campaign for the Environment with a local lobbying group that works to protect your drinking and coastal water. We have a brand new piece of legislation we're working on. Take a look. And I hit the, the, I hit the clipboard, put it in the hand, and it was mostly white folks in the neighborhood that I was getting this money from. But I figured out oh, if I tighten my lips and tighten my joint, talk in a certain way, oh, they, I, I, I would be well. So like this happens to all of us. But, but welcome home, sister. Because <laughs> you're going to get to the other side and, you, and you're going to be like, I don't have to. I am my full embodiment of my glory and I don't give a fuck what anyone sees except for me. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here. I mean, I'm sorry that it, I'm sorry that it, it almost is like a rite of passage almost for like people of color to experience in Western society, especially like we do have to contort ourselves to fit into a picture of like all of the things like in college okay this is it sounds really terrible but i want to share it because it is it's fucked up but it's but it's also great my friend and i she's filipina and obviously like i'm black <laughs> in my dorms like we played fucked up games with each other she like left watermelon and chicken on my doorstep right and like wait 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 but like the fucked up part is we watched it my roommates who were Asian stepped over like, that's not for me. Like, and I was like, damn, that's terrible. And then like, I left adobo and rice on her doorstep and like her roommates walked over it too. Right. And I was like, you know what though? But I fucking love chicken and watermelon. There's nothing to be ashamed of. It's delicious. Like, so it's delicious. Like I love watermelon. And I think about all of the stuff that comes along with it, right? Like with Sambo, with all of the stuff that I felt like I I felt shame about eating in public because people were going to perceive me as this stereotype. But I have to suppress something that I love, like in public, to be accepted by you? Who are you? Who are you to tell me? and to dictate and have so much control over how I'm able to express myself, how I'm able to live. It's exhausting. It's so exhausting because you'll never fit also. That's also the thing. You'll never, ever fit. <laughs> um, you'll never fit. And I think that that's one of those points about, again, that Dre brings up, like about this myth of white supremacy, like in and of itself, it's cannibalistic. White embodied people can't even fit into these, like, into the very narrowly defined um, meaning of what it means to be white in its original wasp meaning in the United States, right? So it's like we have to understand that for ourselves and um, call that to ourselves. Like, just all of these constructs of race are false. They're, yes, we, we live. And we have experiences that are very much influenced by those things, but they are not who we are. They don't tell us, they don't define us as to who we are as whole people and individuals, right? And so I think about that all the time where I'm just like, wow, how much have I stopped myself from doing because of fear of the way that I would be perceived? And it's been a whole lot. And I think about too much time of my life that has been stolen away because I haven't owned um, who I am in all of the complexity of that. So uh, I'm glad that you're in the space of like freedom to finally own all of your parts, you know, unabashedly. And the thing about taking up space, oh my God, I feel you. I mean, 
like Dre, you mentioned something about like, you know, not wanting to be seen, but I'm like, no, that is a part of my story still, because I do feel like people will invisible, like I am invisible in the eyes of many people. When I'm walking down the street, there are people who straight up will not see me and will expect me to go around, you know? And I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm here. And it's very, it, it is very painful that I have to like explain, like I'm a person, <laughs> I exist. I'm not some shadow, some spook that you're existing, like and thinking that I am. Like I, I really do feel like there is a presence, and there it is empowering for me to call attention and say, "Excuse me, I'm here." You know, I am going to take up space. I'm not going to make myself smaller to make you like to make you more comfortable. I think it's little, little things, again, about exercising my voice, about I remember how friends and I would go to restaurants and just, again, Black joy is infectious. We'd be in restaurants, and I know there are many times before where people would shame us for being loud, for being boastful and joyful in public. And, like, how miserable must you be that you are turned off by joy? <laughs> like in a public space, how miserable. I didn't see it that way before. I would try, like we would try and, oh, quiet down, shush, shush, shush. But like how miserable must you be to, to be affected negatively by someone else's joy, you know? So I think in lessons, those for me, those were really pivotal moments where I realized how much I was contracting my existence and not contributing to a space when ultimately like I know who I am and I know what essence I can bring which is light to a space when you're empowered enough to know that what you can contribute to somewhere um like it's it's a wrap from then from that point on <laughs> yeah respectability politics is what oh is what I'm here right and uh I mean I just I, I I think this is the place that that this is the place of the juiciness, right? And it might be like something that I could say because I'm like six one, right? And a, a strong male, so I can say I I just I but you know I've also dealt with another side being because I'm the the guy who is more sensitive, loving, trying to be the men, trying to represent all men. Like, you know, all men out there. And I don't represent, I no longer represent all men. I represent me, right? I don't represent toxic, I don't, like, I don't get faced by any of that conversation. I represent, I, I represent my, my version uh, of manhood now and, and being. So I get that, but there is a place that we have to get to where we can be, like, give people spaciousness to see and perceive themselves, but like live in your own bubble. <laughs> I, I just, like, I also, I lived in New York where's a packed, busy city. I just don't, I, I have, a, a, I surround myself with people that I love and they love me back. And when they treat me with gentleness, respect, I fuck with you. If you don't, I do not make any assumptions by why you, you're vibrating on that frequency. I just, I just move you out of my space, right? You are a queen. When you walk through, when you walk, you're walking on the carpet and that's all you know. People, people move out of the way because your energy is divinity, Right? That's the place you got to get to, right? Because anytime we, anytime we give someone else our power, we're giving them our power, right? We, we got it. We, because it, like, I'm not going to convince you to be nice to me. I don't, I, I'm actually going to demand it, right? Just by who I am. You're going to respect me as, as a being. Don't ask permission any, anymore. We just got to stop doing that. I, and that's part of what we've been trained to do. We trained to be, to be passive, to, to capitulate. To this thing, right? And yes, there's punishment for for not doing that. Don't don't get me wrong. When you when you do move out of the box, they punish you. It's real hard to make money, <laughs> you know, and, and and feed your families and all that types of thing. You got co constant people are, uh, pointing fingers and shaming you, and that's okay because we love you in the circle, and we got your back. And we don't need to like go. Maybe maybe part of what what we need to do is what you're doing. Like you're creating the space. For others can sit and comfortable instead of waiting instead of waiting for them to open the door for us let's just blow the doors open for ourselves make our own doors right and then what happens is your, your stuff your, your stuff is so high frequency integrity guess what everyone wants to do they want to come to your space oh my god how you doing 
What, why are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you're a goddess, like royalty. Like know that and walk in that space in that way and watch how the, the, the experience gets transmuted. Right now, now, when I mean, you talked about leadership, right? Stepping into your power, right? It's a responsibility, but then it does create leadership because now, now, now you have this, this new attraction, this, this light is flowing, then everyone's going to want to know from you guys. Well, what? How do we make things differently, right? But then, then we get upset. Like, stop asking me questions. Figure it out for yourself. We can't do that. <laughs> you are here to teach. That's why you chose to come back this time in this body, right? Right? It, it wasn't just an accident that you came here, came here, that you also chose this so that you can usher in this new experience. You have a perspective that is unique in your choice to come back in that body, right? And so now you're teaching this wisdom and sharing it. As the authority, you, we all know that the next the next expansion is going to be led by those who look more like you, more like me. What what came up for me was like the willingness willingness to be seen, mm-hmm. and like yeah. how scary that can feel, and. You know, when you talked about that, I can give a little shout out to Rachel's partner, Tim, who who introduced us like like, you know, just talking about um, synchronicity because Rachel and I have had so many of these different conversations and her partner has not been in participation with us as we've had majority of these conversations. But I'm sure Rachel has shared a lot with him. And one day he sent me over a podcast episode with with the Ancestor Project, and he was like, "Take a look, like listen to this." And that went, and it was like, because we were having these conversations, right, about exactly what we've talked about, but like a lot of those places, you know, not necessarily taking the responsibility or a, the level of care may not be there, and. You know, a lot of them being white-led and appropriation. Like we're having these conversations, and so, um, shout out to Tim because <laughs> <laughs> before we record, he's like, <laughs> he, "You have no idea how we will be so happy about this." <laughs> um, but the other day, Tim and I were talking, and he was like, "You know, just we joke around about like dating tips," and I was like joking around with him being my dating coach. And I was like, he's like, he said to me, just go up to that guy and say, I'm going to let you take me on a date. And so that's what came up when you were saying that it's like, you know, really owning that like queen, like energy and like stepping into that and the power. And, you know, I, I, I think it's important because while this is my unique experience, I also don't believe that it's unique to me. And I think it's important for people who are in having a similar or same experience, the recognition of, you know, sometimes stepping into your power can feel scary. Sometimes, you know, being seen can be scary. And so what the word that I've been calling when the word that I've been ca- like using a lot is courage, like when you don't, and I've been sharing this with actually people I work with, right? And like my clients, and they say like, if you're doing something for the first time, it's unreasonable to expect you to be confident. You won't have the confidence because you haven't done it yet. And so, what you need is not more confidence. What you need is courage. And I think like, you know, radical acts of courage, asking myself questions like daily, weekly, like what's the act of courage am I going to take today? Like how, what do you need to call on? I think about some of um, the things that Rachel's been moving through and the conversations she's been having, which I believe are coming up for a reason. Mm. And it's like, what, you know, I think to you, like, what is that you need to draw on? And and the the response is likely courage, right? And my, my, my playful way of putting, of of using this is like, I'm going to put my big girl pants on. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. So I, I wanted to actually kind of dovetail back to what you were saying, Dre, around like 
whiteness and separating out from whiteness and looking at your lineage. And I actually wanted to set Rachel up for this part of the conversation because Rachel is currently reading a book. I knew you were going to say it. (laughs) That I just, I'm going to let you share from here, like what you're learning about your lineage Mm. and um, yeah, how that's affecting you now. Yeah, the synergy, like the, I call it magic. I know there's a million words for it, but like the magic in this is so incredible for me because it's like what you said, Dre is like, I, I don't even have the words for how aligned it is with the current journey that I am on, right? In separating myself from everything I have been taught and rediscovering. And I'm reading a book. It's called it's called Rediscovering the Shamanic in Judaism. And I it's yeah, like I am a I am a Jewish woman. Um I am I am in this journey right now in rediscovering my ancestry on both sides of my family. Both of them were immigrants. Um, but something that I have been radically detached from my whole life was I am 100% Jewish, both sides of my family in, in all areas. Um, and I have never felt attached to that. And I recently learned that the Ashkenazi Jews were very shamanic and had deep, deep um, herbalistic practices. And I, we were at the pool the other day and I'm reading this book and I read this line and I just had like full body goosebumps and I book it over to Joanne and I'm like, I got to read this line out to you and I, I'm going to butcher it. But the premise of it, right, the, the root of it was that you can trace almost all oppression back to cultures who honored the earth. And ooh, got the, I have the goosebumps, right? You can, and it talks about the, the, the tie to women and the oppression of women to indigenous populations, anybody honoring earth, anyone connecting with one another in community, anyone connecting with spirit oppression, you know, and, and taking that from them. And so my radical act of courage in my day-to-day life, my radical act of a giant, pardon my language, fuck you to, you know, everything that has worked so hard to keep me small as well. You know, that radical act is, is the daily act of rediscovering who I am and where I come from. And really what that has come down to for me is that I am a, I am connected to everything and I am connected to this experience and to spirit. And I have that reverence. And the more I, I embrace that reverence and the more I release the shame, right? The shame that is in my blood being a Jew and having my people decimated, right? The the more I embrace that and release that shame and reconnect to myself, the more powerful I, I become. And the deeper I am able to connect with everybody else in a different way. And so when you said that of like disconnecting from this language around whiteness too and what I have been taught, and also like I want to I wanna acknowledge too that there is a separate intertwined journey of releasing myself from the privilege of being white. And, and that is convoluted. <laughs> that is a well, difficult experience, right? How to, how to do that. But there is, I I really want to honor what you said. And I think it's important too for people who are listening to this podcast, right? One of the intentions we have is to ask questions that we didn't have the answer to and share them with the world. And that is an answer to a question, right? That is an answer of like, how do I keep moving forward? How do I participate in collective liberation if I embody a people that prevented liberation, that broke us apart and mm-hmm. one of those answers is to remember where i came from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there's a um there's a, a story about a tribe in africa and um when a member of their tribe loses their way they all surround this this star being and they sing them this, their song right it's about remembering where you come from Very powerful tool. Mm. I love to listen to you, you, your brains, the way you guys think and the, the thoughtfulness. <laughs> it's really good. Like, like y'all, be, it's like jazz. It's really beautiful. It's, Thank you. See y'all love in the space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we ask everyone a question at the end, but before we ask that question, um, where can people find you and learn about the work that you're up to individually, collectively, the work of the Ancestor Project? Yeah, so you can go to www. <laughs> Everybody knows it. Theancestorproject.com um, is a good is a good starting point. Lots of free resources for folks uh, uh, there, and you can look at everything from our values statements into the education and training that we offer. Um, we've got a couple of uh, journal workbooks that are really helpful to talk a lot about the altar practice that I, I mentioned to you. We, we didn't go deep into the, the altar practice, but our, sun, our sunset rituals and contemplations, um, yeah, the, the, those types of things. On Instagram, uh, at the, the ancestorproject.com. By the way, though, we are shadow banned on Instagram. So I'm, I want to also like, point that out. Uh, when you talk about uh, we have people who are still censoring what we talk about and how we talk about, and that's problematic, right? Um, it's bad enough when the government does it, but it's really disgusting when organizations that pretend to espouse free speech are, you know, stopping us. We talked about psychedelics and then death, and all of a sudden, now in order for people to see us, they have to fit, they have to put us in their favorites. So this is this is problematic and certain, something that we need to uh, a change. Um, and then you know we offer. Um, Ceremony in various in various places in Brooklyn, New York, and in uh, Maryland, and sometimes we we do retreats uh, with combo and other uh, medicines to support people, and we have a transpersonal coaching uh, business. So we we're here we're here for y'all. And then Phoenix, you how you want to talk a little bit about your. Um, the Cosmic Playground, yes, it's um, C-O-S-M-I-K playground.com. Um, that's my business. And again, it's really, it's, again, another labor of love that's really focused on um, integration, preparation, rites of passage, witnessing, um, and things like that as well. And so all in the same vein, um, I think the Ancestor Project, again, is really doing a lot of things. There's a lot of arms um, to the Ancestor Project there. We have our um, mystery school, which is on Teachable as well, um, which I want to point folks to if they want to find specific um, courses like Dive Into Death, like um, the Wounds of the Empires, which are incredible offerings um, from really, really knowledgeable folks, um, wisdom keepers in the community as well. So really want to oh, point out that as well. Yeah. And I'm going to get yelled at for doing this. I don't want to do it anyway. Do it. So this winter, <laughs> this winter, we're going to, we're going to roll out. So people have been asking for some type of apprenticeship on, and that's not something I'm comfortable offering because you, in order to serve medicine, it's not just a logical, like the stuff you write in a book and read, read it's you have to experience enough ceremony to really be, supportive of other people. But what we will do is do a deep dive on death, rebirth, and ecstasy, the uh, rites of passage, and um, integration and preparation. And so we'll offer that to the public. It will not be a certificate. It will be part of your expansiveness. You're going to do the work for yourself. And then after you do the work for yourself, and then with a whole lot more training from a whole lot more te teachers, then maybe you'll be in a place to, to, to serve medicine. But for sure, you'll be working on your own stuff and be a greater part of this community. So that's what we're, that's what we're offering. And yeah, and I, I'm going to get yelled at because it's not on our website yet. And yeah, it's she not done. Me, never no, the I'm just saying. Yes, it's it. Anticipated, anticipated for winter. The course, be on the, the lookout. The is there. Out, but it's not, it is still coalescing. So just know that. Just yes. disclaimer. Yes. <laughs> you want me to ask? Our final question that we ask all of our guests, and I'd mm -hmm. love for both of you to to give your individual answers, is what does liberation mean to you? For me, it means to 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 hear the name that my that I chose before my parents were born. Um, 
to be radically in love with myself and be in right relationship with myself and all vital forces, right? To be everything. Uh, may all things know love and kindness in a part of my, and also for me is to be, it is to be of service to the community. I love that question and I wanted to drop into it a little bit more because it's such a big expansive feeling and I thank you for asking us. Um, liberation means everything to me. That's like, again, my guiding question, my guiding purpose. Um, but liberation means freedom, not just for me, but for everyone. It is something we're not free unless all of us are free, right? Like I mean that with my heart and soul. And that means the freedom to be all of the things, all of the multiple things that I know I am, that I am here to indulge in um, as my purpose and to live free to express that without, um, without restriction and for others to feel the same, to be able to be the expansive, limitless beings that we came here to be. Mm -hmm. That's so Mm -hmm. So beautiful. I am so grateful for this conversation. I just, I feel like we could talk for hours <laughs> and days and years. And I am very much looking forward to continuing having these conversations with you both. Mm -hmm. um, it's just truly an honor. And there is a sense of, you know, we say this when we invite folks on, we say like, this is meant to be, to feel like we're sharing a cup of coffee with friends, you know, and it's meant to feel like a conversation, not an interview. And I, I have to say, this is the first one where I feel genuinely like I'm sitting with people that I've known for a long time and it feels like family and home and I'm just so so grateful that we are here together today mm. yeah. yeah 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 absolutely beautiful I, I definitely love you guys it was it was definitely a family yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so I want to just share something with a word of optimism before we leave this conversation yeah, this is normal reflection so three and a half years ago when Ancestor Project started, every podcast we were on, the same, so tell me your origin story, blah, 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 you know, or, and it was all these very, it's a similar echo chamber of conversation. Mm -hmm. And in the last three months, all the conversations we've been having with these deep, thoughtful conversations to include, and this is probably like, this is like, it's interesting, this is where we actually want to be in our conversation like this is what this is the the most ceremonial conversation or podcast that i've experienced right so i really appreciate the the, the work that you guys are doing and bringing to the space the questions that you're you're, you're asking uh the vibrational frequency that you're putting out in the field i hope you i hope you're the loudest voice in the room absolutely and I want to echo that too. This is something, again, it's about transits, which I think I've been struggling with, especially when we're talking about visibility, taking up space, but then also um, leadership. Again, I'm thankful to you all for listening to that call, that nudge that you guys heard from spirit and not making it just about you, but like paying it forward to greater society because we need everybody to do that. Um, and not everyone is cognizant enough to listen. So thank you all for both taking action, for reaching out, for really making this, like for generating that space that wasn't here before that is, but is much needed now. Um, okay. So I'm going to read something really fast. Um, it was talking about the transit with Mars and Leo, and it says it's concerned with the two main threats to this mission, the violence of silence and the violence of invisibility. Leo knows that visibility is more than power and attention, it's protection. Putting yourself under the public gaze comes with plenty of hazards, but letting yourself go unnoticed and unrecognized arguably comes with much more risk. You are easier to separate from the pride. You are easier to disregard. 
small amounts of love and attention yield big and usually undeserved devotion in return, especially if you've spent too long being starved of both. Mars and Leo is prepared to use dirty tricks and stage bomb manipulations to force you into any spotlight that you fear. Spotlights like love, recognition, or status. And because of this, this transit can come with an intolerable pressure to perform. But if you do, the rewards are legion. Remember that when Mars is pushing you off the cliff and out of the safety of your privacy, that fortune favors the perceived. So really, this is to me about it's okay to be seen and to to be the voice. Like, please let your light continue to shine in the essence of who you are and let that be the guiding force for others. Like your, your people are coming. They're already here, right? We all met each other. And I have to believe that this was some, some divine orchestration that I'm so thankful um, was necessary and that made this happen in the way that it did. So you've been listening to the Lenses of Liberation podcast. We are your hosts, Rachel Snyder and Joanne Singh. We hope this conversation has provided you with new insights and inspired actions to create a just and equitable world. It's a joy to be along this journey with you. See you in the next episode.